Okay, you guys heard that, right? Yeah, sounds like it was coming from right behind you. Not funny. Guys, get it together. We're trying to do a podcast here. Hey, Boos, welcome back to another episode of the Boo Busters podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing the chilling tales of the Wendigo. These fuckers are scary. Yeah, they low-key really are. Terrifying. How's everyone's weeks been? Not terrible, but not the funnest. Like, it's kind of been a boring week. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm always sad the week after I leave you guys. Oh, I know. Me too. It always feels like such a letdown. We know. Did we already talk about him being in Boston? Yeah, we talked about Boston. We filmed since then? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Boston. Boston. I think I'll go to Boston. (laughs) No one knows my name. (laughs) Work's been dragging this week. Oh, no. Yeah, I feel that. I'm like, can we get a move on? It hasn't been a bad week, but I'm just like, I'm done with it. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I feel like we're overdue for vacation. Like, I haven't had a good day off. And like, Speaking of vacation, we Disney. Can I even finish my sentence? <laughs> I got excited. I'm sorry. Okay. Like, I feel like we haven't had a day off besides, like, a weekend in a really long time. Like, yeah, Memorial work. Day I had off, but that didn't count because I worked that weekend. But, like, a day off, like, where you literally just stay home and do nothing. Yeah. You're not, yeah. like, going out and doing anything. Like, sit on your ass and... I don't know, puzzle. But I mean, you had like a period of time where you had like a day off for like three weeks in a row. I know. <laughs> that's that's why she needs it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to it. Oh. But yeah, we booked Disney and we're so excited. I'm ecstatic. It was any, one of those. Any Disney tips for us, let us know. Yeah, please. Anybody. It was a spontaneous Emmy moment, and I was all here for it. <laughs> yeah. Emmy gets a little slap happy sometimes, <laughs> but we love her for it. <laughs> a little what happy? A little slap happy. <laughs> what does that mean? Like you just do things on a whim. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Oh, I love it. But we love it. But at the same time, I do it on a whim, but I have it planned down to the second. Yeah. Before I impulse purchase. You really do. We love even more. (laughs) Because, like, I need to have a plan in place or my anxiety gets crazy. Yeah, for real. But yeah, we're going in September, so it'll be Halloween there. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I'm most excited about. I think like, so too. Like we were changed. talking about like January and March and I was like, yeah, totally. But I'm like, it's going to be 10 times more magical just because it's our yeah. favorite time of year too. Yeah. Because Emmy and I went a couple years ago during Christmas time and it was so pretty. Oh. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what it looks like during Halloween. And all the 50th celebration stuff oh, is yeah. still out. So like mm. the castle's still decorated. The golden statues are still out. Oh. And we got, we're staying in one of the hotels that's like, one of the park hotels so we're gonna be right there it's yeah. beautiful yeah no everybody like 
So there's this guy in work, him and his wife go all the time. And he was like asking me where we're staying and stuff. And I was like, oh, we're staying at Port Orleans. And he was like, yo, like that's one of like the better, like, it's not like, obviously it's more expensive, but it's like one of the ones that's like not like 300,000 billion trillion dollars a night. Yeah. Um. So that's nice. He was like, that one's like insanely pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And our Disney Hi. Pinterest board is blowing up. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to freaking Disney. Woohoo! The boost take Disney, guys. What are you most excited for to see or do or ride in Disney? Okay. I know it sounds really freaking stupid, but I want a picture with Goofy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Are> you? <laughs> and the TikToks we are going to make with that. And you I better guess, not yes. back out on me. <laughs> Goofy better be down to party that day. <laughs> if we um, can even find him. I, when Emily he, and I went, there was like no characters around, I feel like. Really? I feel like there wasn't, like there was a couple, but I'm, I don't really see any. But honestly, I'm more excited about just like, yeah, the rides are fun. I'm not like really yeah. big into rides, but like Tower of Terror, Haunted Mansion. Emily yeah. showed that Ratatouille ride that looks really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Just walking around in the photo ops, I feel like. Yeah. And obviously the food. The food, the snacks. Mm. The snacks. We're going to gain like 20 pounds. <laughs> but also we're going to be walking around a lot, so. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, and we're going to Disney bound. Well, I was thinking because I saw something that was like, it's going to be really hot. So do you really want to be like dressing up or do you want to be prioritizing your comfort? So I was like, because I was going to wear this dress that I have that's like a belt dress. Like it's not really a belt dress, but it looks just like the one that she wears. Yeah. And I was going to wear that. But then I was like, that's kind of a heavy material. I do get what you mean. It's going to be, it is going to be hot. And I did remember seeing a TikTok that said that. So maybe just like a cute shirt. Yeah, I was, because I have, like, a bunch of Disney t-shirts that I was going to bring to wear on, like, I was going to theme them for, like, one of the days for Magic Kingdom, I was going to wear my Haunted Mansion shirt. Mm. Do not let me wear a Hakuna Matata shirt. I almost bought a Hakuna Matata shirt. No, don't don't do that. That's so tacky. No. So tacky and basic. (laughs) Um, Are we going to make t-shirts, Bob? I think we should. Yeah. I really do. Like, maybe when I come up for, like, Van Gogh exhibit, if you guys still want me to come. Is that in August, right? I think that's in yeah. August, right? Yeah, we can do it in August. Um, then will be here. If you guys still want me to come, um, I'll bring, like, my cricket, and we can, like, yeah. I can show you guys how to use it, and we can, yeah. we can like, make shirts together. That could be a fun little party. Yeah. Well, because you're coming 4th of July weekend still, right? Yeah. Yeah, I won't be here. I'm, I'm coming every weekend. <laughs> yes, you're gonna. Come. You're moving here. <laughs> don't, don't be tempted, Miami. Uh, I know. I think we talked about this either last week or the week before. But getting into our topic, if we had to choose a place to haunt, where would we choose? Okay, and I have questions though. First of all, do we only get to pick one place? Top three. Okay. Um, you go first, Bob. Okay. I'm thinking a nice, good, like, kids' summer camp. Oh, that would be a good Ooh, one. Ages, like, ages, like, six to 12. That's a good one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You got to yeah. scare those kids, man. 
Yeah, but like I'm kind of like I want to get a little bit into my back legend story. Like, what's my legend? Ooh, like, why am I haunting yeah. this camp? But we'll save that for another time. Um, <laughs> it's cute club. <laughs> and then I'm thinking like a ship, kind of like the Queen Mary, not Ooh. as big. But I also want to haunt good. that swimming pool on that ship because I drowned. Yeah. Oh, you drowned. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then You're really I feel into like, the backstory. <laughs> oh, I'm getting into it. <laughs> and then I feel like uh, mm, a bowling alley. Ooh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's all good. <laughs> okay, what about you, Emmy? <laughs> I think I would want to haunt Disney just yeah. so oh, I could be at Disney yes. all the time. I would haunt an opera so i could be the phantom of the opera Ooh, that's perfect that's a good one and then i would also probably haunt hmm i was gonna say like a house of an ex but then i that would only be fun for so long yeah um i want to be that person's sleep paralysis demon oh yeah (laughs) where else could i haunt sephora <laughs> Emily be knocking yeah, down those Sturbridge, Emily. Oh, I would haunt Sturbridge, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um hmm. I feel like I would choose a probably like a castle in Ireland, like a nice big mm-hmm. one. Mood. Some kind of like forest. It's just gotta be a pretty forest. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know where the third one would be. Maybe just solely haunted mansion at Disney. Just haunted. Ooh, no place else in Disney. That's, that's nice. The dining room specifically. <laughs> mm, that's nice. Uh, the dining room scene in Haunted Mansion is my favorite. Oh, yes. I don't even fucking remember that ride besides oh, they're all, the. They're all dancing in the dining room and it's so mm-hmm. romantic. <laughs> no, I don't remember that ride. I'm the kind of freak that just like watches videos from the rides at Disney because I used to be jealous. <laughs> I do that on TikTok too. <laughs> I did that with the Ratatouille ride the other day. Like, yeah, Why'd you do it with the Ratatouille ride now? We'll be ruined when you go. Well, I wanted to be like, okay. Well, it's not going to be ruined. I'm a big guy. I want to see if I can sit in the, fit in the seat. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> That's my We're fear. We're not self-deprecating. <laughs> oh, but I am. One of us will have to be a single rider or ride with a stranger. We can it's okay. Yeah. I'll be single riding. Honey. Catch me swiping right on Tinder at Disney. Duh. I deleted Bumble again. Uh, I deleted everything but life. I deleted life. <laughs> oh. They're boring. Yeah, the men on dating sites are so fucking bland. Like, I'm sorry. I I literally was just on it because I was bored. I wasn't like looking for like anything. They literally all have the same variations of pictures. They all say the same shit. I'm like, can we spice it up a little bit, please? I feel like we should rein it (laughs) in. Maybe talk about our let's go. Let's get into our Wendigo here. Okay, so according to Algonquin folklore. The Wendigo originated when a hunter became lost during a brutally cold winter. Desperate for food, the hunter resorted to cannibalism, and upon eating the human flesh, the man turned into a man-beast that roamed the forest only searching for humans. The creature has become associated with winter, starvation, in the north due to their appearance only occurring in the northern United States and Canada. 
Depending on who you ask within the Algonquin culture, some say that the Wendigo is a relative of Bigfoot, whereas other claims it resembles more of a werewolf. It is also said that if a human is around a Wendigo for too long, they could potentially turn into one. The majority of Wendigo sightings occurred between the 1800s and the 1920s, although there have been claims as recent as 2019. Algonquin tribes used the Wendigo legend as the reason for many of their unsolved murders or disappearances in the 20th century. Most of the sightings, as previously stated, are in the northern states of the United States, like Minnesota, and then throughout all of Canada. Although the Wendigo are said to be at least 15 feet tall, they are not what you would think of when it comes to cannibalistic beasts. Instead of being muscular and built like many associate with Bigfoot, they are instead described as being emaciated. Legend says that this is the case because the creature is never satisfied and is always on the hunt for more humans to consume. The skin of the Wendigo is said to be an ashy toned color. Here's a description by a native author and ethnographer named Basil H. Johnson. Quote, the Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones. With its bones pushing out over its skin, its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into the sockets. The Wendigo looked like gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from portions of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption, end quote. Yum. Ew. Yeah. I thought that it was really interesting that it like shows that they're never satisfied by how emaciated they look and like skeleton. Yeah. Um, yeah, the line desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones kind of made me a little queasy. Gonna make it yeah. a little. It, it like made of, my stomach go. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded me of like kind of how Vecna looks. That's oh yeah, but like more. You mean like, Daddy Vecna? Daddy, but, like flesh. Daddy Vecna is like real muscular. <laughs> yeah, but like you can see, like I feel like you can see his bones and like yeah. his. Mm-hmm. It is highly debated how the creature moves throughout the night. Some say that they're incredibly fast and can walk for extremely long periods of time, whereas others who have claimed to see the creature say that it walks in more of a labored manner and is falling apart physically. When you think of this creature, you may think that it is carnivorous and that they would stalk and hunt their prey in order to attack and kill. But this is not the case at all. The Wendigo are highly methodical and lure their victims to them through mimicking their voices of the people close to the victim. That's what we call gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> As we said previously, if someone spends too much time around a Wendigo, there's a high chance that they themselves will turn into the creature. A different version of the origin of the creature states that they have the power to possess humans by cursing them. Once they have become possessed, the creature is able to control their mind, thus turning them onto human flesh and becoming the creature as well. There's Actually, a known case of this happening in 1879, when a man known by Swift Runner ate his entire family. He claimed that he was possessed by the spirit of the Wendigo, and that is why he committed the heinous crime. Ultimately, though, he had to face his horrors and was hanged. That's crazy. That's actually a thing called, um, I think it's called Wendigo psychosis, where they like believe so much that they're being possessed by it, that it like, quote unquote, comes true. Yeah. Ooh. I feel like there's a couple more cases that that happened. Yeah. 
Wendigo and skinwalkers are commonly mixed up, but the difference is a Wendigo is said to be a person who turned into this evil spirit after resorting to cannibalism for whatever reason. Whereas like we discussed in the skinwalker episode, they are witches who become skinwalkers by committing the murder of a close relative. Over time, the term Wendigo has come to have a different meaning for Native American cultures. It has become associated with gluttony and self-destruction. Many historians believe that most of the Wendigo stories only came to fruition during times of high stress among the Native population. And they often compare the stories and fear associated with the creature to the Salem witch trials. I think we should also note, too, that like with the skinwalkers, they don't like to like talk about Wendigos because they think that it'll, it'll draw them closer to you. Yeah. Huh. Scary. That's scary. I haven't felt this uneasy in a little bit. <laughs> Better hope your dogs don't have to go outside in the middle of the night. It's so weird. It's like orange out outside right now. Ooh, pretty. They're like sunset, but it's also like raining. It's weird. The Wendigo has a few moments in pop culture, so let's get into them. A novella written in 1910 by Algernon Blackwood titled The Wendigo, which centers on around a group of men on a hunting trip where one of them seems to encounter the Wendigo. A 1981 retelling of Blackwood's novella and Alvin Schwartz's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. In Stephen King's 1983 novel, Pet Cemetery, the Wendigo is said to have cursed the Micmac burial ground, thus causing whatever is buried there to return from the dead. In 1999, Charm did an episode titled The Wendigo, in which the sisters have to fight against a Wendigo after Piper is attacked by one. I think that I saw that episode. is so fucking scary. <laughs> I think I saw that one. It's terrifying. <laughs> in 2005, Supernatural had an episode titled Wendigo, where Sam and Dean face off against a Wendigo that is responsible for the disappearance of several campers. That's a good episode. That is a good one. In 2012, there was an episode of Grimm titled To Protect and Serve Man, which centered around the main character, Nick, trying to prove a man's innocence after he killed a Wendigo while the Wendigo was disguised as a human. In 2014 and 2015, Wendigo is making an appearance in the supernatural show Teen Wolf. In the 2019 remake of the film Pet Cemetery, the Wendigo again is said to inhabit the burial ground. I forgot there was a remake of that. It was so bad. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> the 2020 movie The Retreat, which features a man backpacking in Adirondacks who finds himself face to face with a terrifying Wendigo. Lastly, in 2021, the film Antlers was released, which centers around a man who transforms into a Wendigo. I've been wanting to watch this, but I haven't yet. I watched that when I was researching this. It was okay. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but it wasn't Yeah, was it, was it any scary? I didn't think it was that scary. You mm. might, but I didn't think it was Okay, that's all I need to know. <laughs> we got some Reddit moments here, guys. The first one is titled Wendigo in New Hampshire, question mark, and was written a few months ago by the username free spirited 94 they wrote my husband and i had a weird experience we live in new hampshire on five acres of property we moved here last year my son and i always walk on the property it's half cleared half wooded trails the past month our walks have felt just a weird sense that i have felt our cat has also been heightened in behavior not that that is relevant since that feeling i started keeping closer to the house last week i went out in the afternoon and was hearing animal noises which is odd for that time of day I thought that I saw a deer in the woods, but in the past month, all animal sightings, which used to be daily, deer, turkeys, fox, had subsided. So I thought, oh, maybe the deer are back. I told my husband about it, and we just figured we'd keep an eye out. 
Fast forward to yesterday, my husband and I put our son down for the night, and while in the front room, we heard what sounded like coyotes, but a high-pitched, more amplified sound than we'd heard before, not a usual noise. I didn't think much about it until my husband went to lock up for the night, and he did a quick yell of my name. We both look out the sliding door and see a large figure out at the tree line. My husband grabs a gun and a flashlight, and as soon as that clicked on, it was gone. The only image we saw was probably a seven foot tall and lanky figure, upright and all dark as the moon was under clouds. We basically had our stomachs drop. I'm now not going outside with our son, at least not too far, and I've staged our house. Could it be a Wendigo? My mother-in-law jumped to that. Apparently she heard folklore about it growing up. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my freaking God. Spooky duke, huh? The second is titled Wendigo Encounter in Maine. And was also written a few months ago by the username The Impertinent Hawk One. They wrote Throughout my youth and throughout adulthood, I had several encounters with entities and energies that are not of this realm, at least not as far as science and history is concerned. These past few years, especially, I've had several terrifying experiences being stalked while taking walks late at night around Turner, Maine. Why are you taking walks at night? Valid point, Emmy. Sometimes I'm overcome with the sense of fear that's animalistic, and an innate sense of paranoia consumes me, as if something is watching from the woods and I need to get away to safety fast. On other occasions, I've actually had something quite aggressively follow me, alongside me, from the tree line, chasing me away from certain areas, whispering in a low, human-like tone as it moves in the woods alongside me. Ew. You literally. <laughs> it sounds like human footsteps crunching across tree branches, leaves, but much heavier, much larger than any human can step. This thing can also hurl itself from treetop to treetop. The power of it is so great that it has actually knocked down trees, full trees, as it leaps. I cannot make this shit up. It's terrifying to be followed by something that's A, whispering as it walks in the trees beside you, even when you're running. B, can seemingly teleport from one side of the road to the other in seconds. C, it's so big it can knock down trees as it jumps from top to top. And D, is so evasive it can do all of these things while remaining hidden and not perceived by the naked eye. Besides those encounters, I've actually visually seen something I can only relate as a Wendigo. It was either comfortable enough with my energy to reveal itself or something else altogether. Maybe it wanted to eat me. Maybe it wanted to possess me. Maybe it wanted to speak to me. I really don't know because I didn't want to stick around long enough to find out. The energy of this thing, the way it looked, was so offensive, so terrifying. I only remained long enough to visualize what I instinctively knew was coming through the woods and was about to show itself to me. I was frozen while I waited for this thing to come out of the woods. Looking back, I don't know if it was curiosity or the power of the creature itself. I locked eyes with this thing, and when I did, I was suddenly watching myself from its perspective, as if I was now inside the creature. Horrified, I tore myself away. Luckily, I was on the front steps next to the front door and ran inside with a lit cigarette. I was so scared. I wasn't even thinking any thoughts besides run now. I locked the door, hurried to my bedroom, and screamed for my housemate. I refused to even step out of my bedroom for the entire night, and I pulled down the blinds. This particular encounter was so terrifying, I was shaking for hours and didn't sleep that night. Some definite details I can remember of this creature was that its face was sunken in, its head very large in size. Where its eyes should have been were craters of black, and in the middle, golden glowing orbs, very, very bright and flame-like. It was on all fours, but this thing could easily walk if it wanted to, like, no problem. The creature was very, very thin. I remember that detail very clearly. 
Its chest was near skeletal and its stomach caved in as if it hadn't eaten in a hundred years. Its arms and legs were both very, very, very long. Both arms and legs were insanely muscled and massive. Honestly, its arms and legs were the part of the creature's anatomy that had um, any mass to it. The creature itself was big. I'm talking like 10 feet tall easy. And if I had to guess, it weighed anywhere from 500 to 600 pounds. It seemingly had fur covering some parts of its body, along the top of its arms, backs, and thighs, but the fur was scarce. Initially, I thought werewolf, but after looking up different cryptids, I can safely say I don't think that's what it was. Another detail I remember was its mouth. This thing was smiling at me. Its teeth were razor sharp, almost needle-like and long. The size of its smile and the teeth took up most of its face. Where no should have been, there were just nostrils, almost like it was a skull. Its face, actually, was very skull-like, the whole body very skeletal. Anyway, I just really like to talk to somebody who had a similar experience or somebody who can relate. This thing, by the way, was not the only cryptid I've encountered or been chased by. A Droskogin, an all-around Droskogin county, is very terrifying, old haunted, and linked to some type of portal or some shit. Leyline, perhaps? All of this just dust in the wind and only things I know as fact are from what I personally have witnessed and heard. So many times at night while walking along the river, I've heard screams so terrifying, so otherworldly, I can only relate it to the cry of a banshee. And the woods of the Lake Auburn and also around Mount Appetite headed towards Mechanic Falls and then in the other directions towards Sabbatus and Turner. This area has insanely negative abrasive, offending energy. And if you're going to walk at night, try to be aware. And yes, I know how all of this sounds. Rest assured, I'm not delusional or any sense of crazy. I'm just looking to hear other stories of a similar nature. That was a lot. <laughs> that was. Um, you read that very well, Emmy. Thank you. Why are, are we taking walks at night, though? Because that's not very safe for many reasons. I wonder, though, because they said cigarette and hit, like, yeah. in, like, I wonder if they're, like, taking, like, a walk around the neighborhood with a cigarette or something. Well, like, they were out smoking. My yeah. Was, with a cigarette, was was that a joint or was it a normal cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> it was a joint. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a joint. <laughs> Maybe you're a little high. <laughs> The last story was again posted a few months ago, titled Hunted by a Wendigo, written by the username Hales1721. They wrote, I've posted this in the Wendigo community I'm in, but I also wanted to share this here to see if anyone else has any intel that can help me since the other community seems to be pretty quiet. I realized how unbelievable this story might be, but I assure you it's entirely true. I've had countless experiences with the supernatural since I was four. I'm 33 now. But this is one of the most terrifying ones I've had. I've looked at some of the stories in this community to see if there's anything I haven't discovered yet. I thought that if I had shared my encounter here, there might be someone who has some information that could help. Please don't comment if you don't believe in the supernatural. I've seen skeptics plastering their two cents on some posts. I'm looking for legitimate information. My questions are at the end of this. Thanks in advance. I had an experience with a Wendigo this fall in early October in northern Minnesota in a state forest, very close to, if not on, a reservation. I've always heard that speaking of them can draw them to you, but I hadn't thought of or listened to any Wendigo stories anytime close to my encounter. I was staying with some very dear friends, I'll call them M and C, 
and they have a camper in their yard by the lake for guests to sleep in. I had walked down to the camper from the house with my miniature dash hound, Ebony, around midnight and found that I needed to set some things up, primarily the heater. By the time I was done getting everything in order, it was approximately 1.30. I never thought to lock the door because really I figured it's in the middle of the woods so there was nothing to worry about. I was wrong. I had closed the curtains, thank God, and I was having trouble falling asleep because my anxiety was going mad. MNC's dogs were barking outside and their geese wouldn't stop honking. Ebony, who usually sleeps under the covers, was sitting on my hip while I laid on my side. I could feel her turning her head back and forth like she was trying to track something outside. I tried tucking her under the blankets to calm her down, but she kept returning to her perch on my hip. I have no idea how long I laid there. I would say at least 40 minutes when all of a sudden I heard M's voice outside the camper. Anybody in there? Hmm? And what sounded like claws dragging down the side of the camper. I almost called back to her when I realized, one, she and C were both fast asleep by now. And two, M knew I was in there. She wouldn't ask if anybody was. Suddenly I noticed everything had gone absolutely silent outside. The dogs and the birds had stopped carrying on. The gusts of wind have even stopped. It was the kind of silence you hear about in horror stories, how the woods go mute when something evil is in the area. Then another thing hit me. Ebony would be losing her shit and barking at the door if that had been anything human. She was frozen on my hip, dead quiet, shaking. I didn't dare move, but I was really starting to have to pee. And I remembered that I didn't hadn't locked the door. I have no idea how long I laid there debating whether I should get up and use the bathroom and lock the door, but it felt like an eternity. In reality, I guess it was maybe 10 to 15 minutes. I thought it may have been a skinwalker at first, but remember, they don't mimic the voices of your loved ones to lure you into the woods. Wendigos do. I knew these creatures, demons, whatever they are, can lure humans out of their abodes if they make eye contact with you. And everything in me was screaming to make sure I didn't look outside. I made doubly sure I didn't look through my any cracks in the curtains as I walked softly to the front of the camper and very slowly turned the lock, praying and holding my breath. I made sure to keep my eyes away from the windows. As I crawled back in bed, I pulled Ebony close and she finally stayed under the blankets. I snuck a peek at my phone for the time before I laid down, figuring it had to be close to 3 a.m., the witching hour. It was about 2.30. As soon as I laid down, the wind kicked back up and MNC's basset hounds erupted into howls as they came running down to the camper and a little ways into the trees. The geese started their noise again. I heard the bassets come back to the camper, barking a few more times before they laid down outside the door to protect me. I didn't get out of bed again that night. I told M and C what had happened the next morning. I think I was hoping M would say she had come down to check on me and Ebony, but she confirmed what I already knew. They had gone to bed as soon as I had left the house. I said a prayer over the house, the camper, and all of us the following night and had an uneventful night, thank God. I also spoke with another guy who's familiar with the supernatural to see if he knew any more about Wendigo. I'm not sure how accurate the information he gave me was or if it's reliable at all. But when I asked him why Ebony hadn't made a peep, I had assumed it was because she was absolutely petrified. He said a Wendigo can control animals to keep them from alerting their owners about its presence. He also told me, one, they can't enter houses that aren't made of wood directly from the forest they're hunting in. Tents and campers included because they consist of man-made materials. Two, a lock is useless. They can unlock and open any door so they can try to lure you outside. 
And three, they typically stay in the woods, but they will come into a smaller town and never into a city. Um, I've never heard of any of what he told me before. So again, I can't speak for accuracy, but I also haven't researched the claims after. He also advised me never to go outside to pee at night. If I ever go camping, to bring a bucket or something to use and to make sure that I always close tent flaps and curtains before falling asleep. He said if the flaps are open so you can see outside, the Wendigo can make eye contact with you and draw you out. After leaving MNCs to go to my father's house for a few days, I had a distinct feeling of being watched when I took Ebony outside after dark. My father lives three hours away from MNC, but his house is in the country. I told myself it was only the fear from the experience and what I know about the Wendigo triggering an overactive imagination. I never heard anything, and I watched Ebony's behavior very closely, and she didn't act like she had in, in the camper. I'm moving back to that area from Canada, and this experience has been weighing heavily on my mind. I've been trying to find any information about warding them off or if they have any home hunting range like cougars do or if they move on from region. My prayers did work the second night, so I figure I can pray over the property. I also have holy water that I can use since the Wendigo is an evil spirit that possesses people or physically manifests. Frustratingly, a majority of what comes up in searches is utter garbage like Wikipedia. Does anyone know if a Wendigo stays in one area? Are my concerns about it coming back when I get moved into my cabin warranted or am I worrying excessively? Do you have any tips for warding them off? Thanks again for any information you can offer. Terrifying. That kind of, that's spooky. I'm scared. That's scary. That they can like <laughs> unlock doors and can supposedly control your animals to make them like yeah. not be able to let you know that they're near. That's terrifying. Yeah. And we've said the Wendigo name like 30 million times. So one of us is getting it. Dwight, they're coming for us tonight, but <laughs> for my book room moment, I have the Alvin Schwartz retelling of the Wendigo story. Ooh. As retelling a Blackwood story that I figured I would read for you guys. A wealthy man wanted to go hunting in a part of northern Canada where few people had ever hunted. He traveled to a trading post and tried to find a guy to take him, but no one would do it. It was too dangerous, they said. Finally, he found an Indian who needed money badly and he agreed to take him. The Indian's name was Defago. They made camp in the snow near a large frozen lake. For three days, they hunted, but they had nothing to show for it. The third night, a windstorm came up. They lay in their tent listening to the wind howling and the trees whipping back and forth. To see the storm better, the hunter opened the tent flap. What he saw startled him. There wasn't a breath of air stirring. The trees were standing perfectly still, yet he could hear the wind howling. And the more he listened, the more it sounded as if it were calling Defago's name. Defago, it called. Defago. I must be losing my mind, the hunter thought. But Defago had gotten out of his sleeping bag. He was huddled in the corner of the tent, his head buried in his arm. What's this all about, the hunter asked. It's nothing, Defago said, but the wind continued to call to him, and Defago became more tense and more restless. Defago, it called. Defago. Suddenly, he jumped to his feet, and he began to run from the tent, but the hunter grabbed him and wrestled him to the ground. You can't leave me out here, the hunter shouted. Then the wind called again, and Defago broke loose and ran into the darkness. The hunter could hear him screaming as he went. Again and again, he cried, oh, my fiery feet, my burning feet of fire. Then his voice faded away and the wind died down. At daybreak, the hunter followed Defago's tracks in the snow. They went through the woods, down toward the lake, and then out onto the ice. But soon he noticed something strange. The steps Defago had taken got longer and longer. They were so long that no human being could have taken them. It was as if something had helped him to hurry away. The hunter followed the tracks out to the middle of the lake, but there they disappeared. At first, he thought that Defago had fallen through the ice, but there wasn't any hole. Then he thought that something had pulled him off the ice into the sky, but that made no sense. 
As he stood wondering what had happened, the wind picked up again. Soon it was howling as it had the night before. Then he heard DeFago's voice. It was coming from up above. And again, he heard DeFago screaming, my fagery feet, my burning feet. But there was nothing to be seen. Now the hunter wanted to leave that place as fast as he could. He went back to camp and packed. Then he left some food for DeFago and started out. Weeks later, he reached civilization. The following year, he went back to hunt in that area again. He went to the same training post to look for a guide. The people there could not explain what had happened to Tefago that night, but they had not seen him since then. Maybe it was the Wendigo, one of them said and laughed. It's supposed to come with the wind. It drags you along at great speed until your feet are burned away and more of you than that. Then it carries you into the sky and it drops you. It's just a crazy story, but that's what some of the Indians say. A few days later, the hunter was at the trading post again. An Indian came in and sat by the fire. He had a blanket wrapped around him and he wore his hat so that you couldn't see his face. The hunter thought there was something familiar about him. He walked over and he asked, are you DeFago? The Indian didn't answer. Do you know anything about him? No answer. He began to wonder if something was wrong, if the man needed help, but he couldn't see his face. Are you all right? He asked. Again, no answer. To get a look at him, he lifted the Indian's hat. Then he screamed. There was nothing under the hat but a pile of ashes. Fiend. Ew, that's spooky. Spookity dookity windigos. Very spookity dookity windigos. Yes. Do we want to do final thoughts on Wendigo here? Absolutely. Lutely. Brookie. Yes. Do you think people use this as a cautionary tale in order to prevent cannibalism? Or do you think tales of the Wendigo are rooted in real life experiences? I think perhaps it is a little bit of both. Okay. Like I could see people being like telling their kids about this in order to caution them or like telling other people about it in order to caution them against cannibalism. But also Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of stuff on Appalachian TikTok that I see about Wendigo that are like, yeah, they're real, yo. Appalachian TikTok scares the shit. I'm like, I always come across those videos when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. (laughs) There's this one girl that like does the I need to close my curtains. Um there's this one girl that like she's like, never look out the window. And then I like I was like, There's some on there that I'm like, okay, you're being a little bit like out there, but then there's others and I'm like, wow, that sounds like it really happened. Yeah, like, no, no, thank you. Uh, hard pass. Emmy, what are your thoughts? I think it's real. Yeah. I just trust the natives. I feel like yeah. they wouldn't lie. They have so many experiences and like the stuff that they talk about is all so old that it's like, you can't not believe it. And why exactly. would they lie? Like, what right. would they get from that situation? So Exactly. I just know I haven't felt this uneasy about an episode in a long time. Probably since the Looking at you, Annalise. Oh, Annalise, what got you? <laughs> that got, she got me good. She hit me in my feels. and yeah, I was. she got me in my feels. That was sad. Next week, we are heading on over to Kansas to talk about Stoll Cemetery, which no. is something oh. that I did not know about before I started researching urban legends in Kansas. That's really cool. <laughs> Cemeteries apparently got a gateway to hell on their cemetery, so that's fun for us. How could we never have anything fun like that here? I don't know. <laughs> we had Abby West, so. Sorry, but Abby West, you're a little bit mediocre. <laughs> no, don't talk shit about my girl Abby West. Maybe she'll show herself if I talk shit. 
Maybe uh, your sleep paralysis demon will come back for you. I haven't seen that fucker in a long time, but I definitely feel like I'm going to see something tonight now. <laughs> I'm fully expecting a text tomorrow. Guys, this one's in my room. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, fuckers, it's 3 a.m. Guess what just happened? <laughs> oh, man. No, nothing's as scary as the tall man that stands in the corner of your basement. Oh, he's not scary, Bob. When he sits on the air mattress next to me, he's fucking terrifying. He's just there. He's just chilling. What are your thoughts on today's topic? Did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you, so please DM us. Don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at boo.busters.podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, tell a friend. Tell them to hop on the Boo Crew train. Choo-choo. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Peace out.